Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Started this series, this is an exodus, and we've been carrying it for almost two and a half months now. This is an exodus, and God's been giving us fresh insight from these uh, series. In the last couple of weeks, I've been preaching a mini-series titled um, Watch Out, Here We Come from the book of Acts. Watch Out, Here We Come. And today, because it's Father's Day, I was going to use the title, Watch Out, Here We Come. But I felt a little different leading, and so I'm going to title today, Knowing the Father's Heart. Knowing the Father's Heart. Our scripture will come from Acts, uh, the first chapter, verses 12. And I'll be doing quite a bit of reading today. But I think I'm going to just teach and preach a little bit and just try to describe what the Father's heart is for us. What the Father's heart is for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Praise and worship to me, musicians. Knowing the Father's heart. Today, I'm again picking up on this miniseries um, that I started. Watch, watch out. Here we come. Who speaks about the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I started on the day of Pentecost. I started this miniseries. Watch out. Here we come. And it picks up on talking about how the Spirit was giving notable signs and miracles through those who received the power of the Holy Ghost. Um, again, my heart today is for us to know the Father's heart. Same intent, same scriptures, but just wanted to put that different title, knowing the Father's heart. In our previous sermons, our focus uh, was to cover some of the technical and practical aspects of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. And what it's really like to be a recipient of the Holy Ghost and an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that we told you in Acts, the first chapter, that God wanted us to take the power to be a witness. I want to remember, get you to remember that, that he wanted us to be uh, take the power to be a, a witness. He told his disciples that John truly baptized with water, but he told them they would be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And he told them, stay in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And he told them what will happen as a result of being filled with the Holy Ghost, that they would go out and to be witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world we find out when when God Jesus uh, tells them that before he ascended back to heaven he has to help them they are distracted believers they are distracted about their their season their time in the earth they are focused on prophecy of when Jesus would return to restore Israel and he has to tell them it is not in your it's not in your mind it is not your your business to worry about when the father will restore Israel but you shall receive power so he says stop focusing on what's in the father's hands and focus on your role in the earth is to receive power they were distracted believers they were looking up gazing in the sky as Jesus was ascended the angels came and assisted them and began to help them get to the place they needed to be you got to imagine they have never experienced anything like this Jesus walked the earth with them for many years in his ministry now he has been crucified now he walked with them and gave them many infallible proofs that he was indeed Jesus and the Holy Spirit was coming to them. And now he has been ascended before them and they don't know what to do. But through the assistance of angels, they now gather again and to the place we call the upper room and now they're getting ready for the promise and that's just where I want to pick up today is how they're getting ready for the promise and I want to use these scriptures and verses to describe knowing you got to know the father's heart you got to know so Acts uh, verse 1 verses 12 we'll do quite a bit of reading today but I believe I can get through it because I really aim to teach and explain a few things so Acts 12 let's pick up and then we'll go to Acts 2, and I'll sum it up for you today. But I really feel like we got to know the Father's heart. Verse 12, it says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming in, they went up into an upper room, really, which is uh, like an attic, uh, a big attic, all right? Um, I went up into an upper room, an upstairs area, where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, John, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealites, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and 
and with his brethren. We can see how important it is for them to stay together, stay in the word, and to continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. Supplication means reading the word, fasting, and other things they did to supply having a strong faith. Even in this season, we got to do as much as possible, although we cannot gather at this quite moment, we're not gathering at this quite moment in a church facility, we got to do as much as possible to keep a spirit of unity. And they did all they can in that upper room with one accord to keep unity. Verse 15, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this is Peter's appeal. Men and brethren, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and have obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Mm. And it was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem insomuch as that the field is called in their proper tongue Alcedamia, that is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. Let me pause to explain. Peter said, I know we're in a dilemma. We're waiting on a promise, but we lost one of our brethren. But when we look at what happened, we have to remember that it was prophesied in the book of David that this would occur. Remember I have to take you back till the last supper when Jesus said that one of you would betray me and at that time all the disciples at the table looked at Jesus and said Lord is it I right so now they're back together again and who other than Peter who better else than Peter be the one to give an address to the, the leaders of that time to say look guys we gotta move forward in the promise we've ex ex experienced a calamity within our body we've experienced a calamity with, with, with Judas betraying Jesus committing suicide falling headlong bursting in this fear very gruesome death but we gotta move on there are times in our world that is hard to move on when you've seen what you've seen when you've experienced what you've experienced but who better than Peter somebody who a few weeks ago a few months ago when Jesus was getting ready to be betrayed he betrayed Jesus who better else to stir unity and to stir reconciliation than somebody who been reconciled and Peter stands up in the midst of the crowd while everybody is still wondering how this thing's going to come to pass and we're missing some things Peter stands up to speak the voice of reconciliation can I use this scripture and these verses to speak to the day of our time when when fighting and unrest and everything is going on and black lives matter is, per, is protesting and so many things are being removed and restructured in our society confederate monuments and statutes are being taken down to now get rid of the images of the past of slavery and all the types of sin and crimes that have happened can I speak a word of unity I also believe Peter represents the church can I remind you that when Jesus asked uh, who do men say that I am everybody was saying you were this some say you Jeremiah some say you Elisha it was Peter he represents the strong one in the midst of all the chaos he doesn't lose the revelation of who Jesus is and Peter tells them thou art the Christ come on you know Sunday school you know these verses help me preach the son of the living God Jesus looks at him and said flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you but my father which is in heaven Peter represents the church and the voice let me go let me, let me go back let me go back 
and he says to them to Peter and upon this rock I'm back in that same chapter he says and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so Peter represents a church with revelation and the ministry of reconciliation that that some way somehow God can bridge what the devil tried to destroy and God needs the church right now to stand up and be a voice of reconciliation the world is going haywire the world is going crazy and don't you think I mean that I'm against protesting because I made it clear on this last Wednesday night that I'm all for protesting God protested Jesus protested Peter protested read your Bible it's good to stand up and defy injustices but what I mean at what I mean is in the midst of this we got to make sure we bridge one another together Peter stands up in the midst of them and say God got a way of bringing us back together he introduces the ministry of reconciliation who better else than Peter somebody who betrayed Jesus because remember again all the disciples thought it was going to be them they just were searching their heart when Jesus said one of y'all was going to betray me and it ended up, and it ended up being Judas but it very well almost could have been Peter but Peter had a comeback and he's now in the midst of the disciples waiting for the movement of the Holy Spirit stay with me come on I prophesy that even some comebacks coming in your faith some comebacks coming in your hearts some of you all who been with God kind of fell off a few weeks come on some of y'all who were doing good for God last year this year you've been flunking every test that God has given you but I prophesy to you you're gonna be like Peter come on you're gonna be just like Peter you're gonna have a comeback because I believe this is a comeback season I know 2020 ain't what everybody thought it was gonna be come on it ain't thought it we didn't thought what how it was gonna look but in the midst of this God's gonna do a great thing stay with me verse 24 it is written in the book of Psalms let this habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric his place let another take wherefore these men which have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us but must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection he's given the outline of who we should choose to replace Judas and they appointed two Joseph I like that guy Joseph called Barbasabas whose surname is just to us just to us and Matthias and they prayed and said thou Lord which knoweth the hearts of all men show whether of these two sh uh, uh, thou shalt that two thou hast chosen they begin to pray who is the person to come and, and replace Judas because see the, one of the things they understood is that there had to be the number 12 12 is the number of government and divine perfection and they say we gotta be whole to receive this promise of the spirit then 25 take key that that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place and they gave, they gave forth lots it was their way of uh, uh, figuring it out and the lot fell upon Matthias all right Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 so now they got 12 again and it was important to start moving in wholeness again it's important for us to remember that God want us whole after we've experienced pain and calamity that God want us to move us into wholeness let's go to chapter 2 chapter 2 as I described knowing the father's heart Peter Peter begins to talk about the ministry of reconciliation and that we gotta move forward because there's still a promise here we go verse chapter 2 I'm doing good on time chapter 2 verse 1 all right and it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place now this is what's so amazing about it they're in this upper room singing praises worshiping reading scripture fasting until this perfect time in the heavens hit the earth and it's called the Pentecost all right when it was fully come they were all with one accord in one place now this is the first miracle the first miracle is the miracle of unity when you can get people in one place with one mind for the same thing this miracle of unity the father's heart is to bring us together now I know we got to fight and bring things that's against us 
uh, all right and, and separate those things that are against us but the father's heart was to have them in unity and I want to know that I want you to know that unity is actually the greatest task that we can ever have Gr unity is actually the greatest task and it takes the Holy Spirit to bring forth unity and the, and they were all with one accord and one place this is the first miracle before you can even get to what the Holy Ghost is about to do the fact that they stayed together through that duration of time women and children fathers mothers disciples and apostles waiting for the promise I don't know about you but if you ever had to wait for something sometimes you can get tired and quit if you ever had to wait for something that's supposed to be coming and especially when you don't know the date it's one thing to wait on something if you know it's Monday and you got an appointment on Wednesday at noon you know it helps to give you an, uh, your mind has an uh, end to it your mind knows on Wednesday at noon I go see the doctor right but when you don't know when your appointment is and you keep telling everybody I got an appointment when I don't know but I know I have it it's something about that every once in a while you start thinking well maybe I don't have an appointment maybe it ain't really gonna come to pass and the, the miracle is the unity to wait for something they don't know when it's coming because he didn't tell them it was coming on the day of Pentecost he didn't tell them that he told them wait until you be endured with power see the greatest anointing is to wait until the manifestation come see we, we gonna get excited about the next part but I get excited about the first verse because the ability to wait for something you ain't never seen you ain't don't know when it's coming don't tell me something the people who waiting on God ah y'all messing with me today the people who waiting on God don't know when, don't know where, don't know how, but somewhere they believe that God promised me this thing. And so, how many of y'all got something in your spirit you know God's gonna do, but you don't know when? How many of you don't know when, but you can't tell me that God didn't speak to me? You can't tell me that God didn't tell me to wait. You didn't can't tell me that God didn't say He wasn't gonna do it. I know today, in the midst of hardness, that God's gonna do just what He says. Somebody tell somebody. God's going to do this thing. God's going to do this thing. And they were able to wait. And on the day of Pentecost, boom, here comes manifestation. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest grace upon you is the ability to wait for something God truly to wait for. These, 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 these disciples, and I'll tell you something. I grew up during a time in a church where waiting was just like everything. They, all they talked about is wait on the Lord. They had strength to wait on God. They'll, do, they'll endure hardness as a good soldier rather than go and enjoy the pleasures of the devil. They will wait on God. Even in their worship services, they would just wait on God. If God's presence would come in, they may lift their hands for 20 minutes waiting on God. And so those of us and those of you who worship and don't be wondering what's going on in the midst of the presence of the Lord when we waiting on the Lord, be around there looking around talking about what's going on? What they waiting on? They've been singing that same song three times. Three, they done sung that vamp four or five times. What they waiting on? There are times that you know God is near. And you just keep waiting on him. See, that's what it means to wait on the Lord. See, and there are times you just start hosting his presence and waiting on him. And there is something about the Christian believer that we can't lose the art and the spiritual substance to wait on the Lord. There's something good and strong about you when you can wait on the Lord. And they waited on him and they waited on this promise. And on the day of Pentecost, they were in one place and they were on one accord. And verse 2, boom, and suddenly, see, suddenly comes to the the ones who wait suddenly comes the father's heart for us was to teach them togetherness and how to stay together before stay together until the blessing come and suddenly see we love the suddenly's but we don't like nothing before suddenly's you know we love the suddenly suddenly hey suddenly hey suddenly but what about all those days I had to endure before my suddenly and so the church has done wrong by majoring on suddenly's rather than majoring on waiting if you wait if you major on the wait, the suddenly will come and there's times we never get to suddenly's and it looked like God never was intended to do what he said because we got people who can't wait but how many people out there say I could still wait on them if he told me I can still wait on them and they were able to wait and because of the wait, the suddenly boom came suddenly there was a there came a sound the sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting without a doubt 
to them, they got to know this got to be the promise. Because my God, I ain't never heard a sound from heaven that came and filled the house. The sound filled the house. Whoa. Without a doubt, something different is happening here. And there appeared under them cloven tongues as of like as a fire and it sat upon these. Wait a minute. This got to be the manifestation because the supernatural things that's happening right now. It got to be God because I ain't never seen no cloven tongues sat upon somebody. And we looking at one another and say something going on with you. Something going on with you, too. And they were all listen. They were all filled. That verse four is so powerful. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Not some of them, but all. It was such an overwhelming experience. All of them was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now, I know, I know, and I teach it a little different uh, than some people teach it, but I think I teach it like the Bible teach it. Hallelujah. The Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it means the Spirit decided what the manifestation of being with the filled with the Holy Ghost was. And I know that they told y'all that every time somebody get filled with the Holy Ghost, the first thing they always gonna do is speak in tongue. That ain't the truth of it. When they, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit gave utterance by them speaking in tongues. I can prove it to you. In another chapter, it said that Mary and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And what did they do when they was filled with the Holy Ghost? They prophesied. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. The, the manifestation of the Spirit when people are filled with the Holy Ghost is not always the first to speak in tongues. Read your Bible so you can get balanced. In this text, it says when they when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit led and the Spirit decision through them was the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. A manifestation of the tongue speaking. And, and, and when you read about Elizabeth and you read about Mary, it said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they prophesied. But there will be a manifestation of the spirit that you're filled with oh we got to read the bible come on now we got to read the bible we read the bible we'll be fine hallelujah glory to god we got people faking tongues hallelujah because they're trying to do it like somebody else hallelujah but the truth of the matter when you are filled you will have a spiritual manifestation that's in the text as well and they were dwelling at jerusalem jews devout men out of every nation under heaven all right, now listen to this. Here we go. Here go to Father's heart even more. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. So at the time of Pentecost to God is the perfect time to manifest his presence because God has an audience that is very unique the, uh, the unique audience is this is the gathering of the feast of weeks this is the gathering where every Jew from different nations have gathered together alright to celebrate their custom and to celebrate the word of the Lord alright so they're gathered the Holy Ghost pits Pentecost as the, as the perfect time to manifest his presence. Devout men of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. What is this? Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed, marveled, saying one to another, one to another, behold, are not these which speak Gal Galileans? Let's, let's catch it. Wait a minute. We from every nation under heaven, we speak different languages. But the people here waiting on the Holy Ghost, who the Holy Ghost has filled, they're all Galileans. But they're speaking our language. Wait a minute. I can hear them when they're speaking in tongue. They're speaking our language. And they, these are all Galileans. So what, what, what some of them got any business doing speaking our language? They're not even from where we're from. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? I want you to catch this, this father's heart of using the Holy Spirit to speak to everybody at one time. Nine Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontius, and Asia, and Pergia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, by Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Greeks and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our, 
our tongues the wonderful works of God. So look at this manifestation of the spirit. Let me tell you what happens when you first walk, walk in ministry of reconciliation. Let me tell you what happens when you start walking in waiting and unity with one another. Then there comes a suddenly to the earth. That's why the church got to rise in love. That's why the church got to rise in power because God was begin to use us to speak to the nations. God would begin to use us to speak to every man under sun. Don't you recognize that God made every man under the sun? Don't you recognize that the devil didn't make nobody? Don't you recognize it? The devil didn't make a black man black. The devil didn't make a white man white. Uh, uh, the, the devil didn't make an Asian man Asian. None of those things happen through the hand of Satan. But God in his sovereign wisdom wanted every man to hear the gospel. And we got to get beyond what the world tries to tell us about unity and we cannot jump to the other end and get self-preservation and I want to talk about that this morning we want to talk about self-preservation but self-preservation is not godly the last time we had people try self-preservation they tried to build a tower of Babel to themselves and God said I don't need y'all doing that and what did he do he mixed up their language so they couldn't talk to each other and they couldn't communicate and they was unsuccessful in being self-preservation have seven pres preservation what's my point pastor I don't want to lose you God not interested in just black people who can get along with black people God is not interested in just white people who can get along with white people let me give you the word of the Lord you don't hear from the world you don't hear from the Israelites the black Israelites you don't hear from all these type of Hebrews but let me give you the word of the Lord it is God's intent for every nation and every person under the sun in their own language to be able to worship Jesus the son and God has a purpose for bringing us together come on clap your hands I'm about through <laughs> oh I'm about through I told you I can read and get through this today in verse 12 and they were all amazed and were in doubt amazed never seen it and in doubt it means emotional conflict amazed and in doubt what is this real what this is wild it looked real this can't be real what every nation get ministered to these Galileans speaking in every tongue what meaneth this what meaneth this others mocking <laughs> other people like, I ain't even trying to believe these men are full of new wine they drunk these people are drunk on new wine and they done had something early in the morning but Peter, verse 14, there you go again. But Peter, every time you see but Peter, you got to recognize this is the church standing up in the midst of a dark world. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be, be this known unto you. Hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. In other words, it's too early to be drunk. It's early in the day, nobody had that much wine, and that they're drunk. So let me give you some understanding. But this is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He says, no, God is fulfilling his word in the earth, and this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the spirit moving, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Are we in the last days? Come on. Or is this still prophecy? We in the last days. I don't know about you. But this is the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh let me tell you the, 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 the father's heart is for his spirit to get on every person under the sun God's spirit want to transform every creature human creature he put in the earth that's what God wants I will pour out my spirit what you're seeing is the pouring out of my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions I'm going to deal with the young generation and they're going to begin to prophesy. Your young men going to have visions. They're going to be builders, innovators, entrepreneurs. God's going to move them to do great things. And your old men will dream dreams. Give us wisdom. Help us carry it. Come on. And see, that's good because we don't need no young folks leading anything with our older people. See, that's what that's abomination. That's why we be shipwrecking. Come on. We need a little balance to all these movements. Huh? Come on. The young folk ain't been here. They just got here. Yeah, they upset. Yeah, we honor that they got initiative 
it is. Come on. Yeah, we honor that they can move, but they need some older people, some people with some wisdom. Come on, somebody who can keep the fire going because you can get all excited and be hot for two days and the rest of the week you be tired, but get some wisdom to it. You can keep the fire burning for days and for ages. And so we don't just need just the balance. Uh, and so there's, 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 there's people in the Bible of Christ we're talking about. This is a new day. God is using the young folks. Old people just sit down. You see, you all out of the will of God. See, we need balance. Come on. We need balance. Young folk need the wisdom of the older people to do the work of God. And so God said, I'm not creating no abomination. I got young people who prophesy and move with vision, entrepreneurship. But I got old men who see dreams. They give wisdom and they give guidance and they help unfold traps before we get trapped in something. And so God is still trying to use not just the young, but the old. So let me just tell some of y'all who done retired from God. God ain't finished with you. Let me tell you something. I, I know it. Let me tell you the father. Uh, you say I done had my day. God said no you had your vision day. But let me give you your dream day. I need you now to be guidance to these young folks. I need you to be prayer intercessors for these young folks. Don't be just talking about them. Putting them down. Help them run the vision. Help them do the day. The things they got to do in this season. See that's the father's heart. He ain't just neglecting the old and using the young. He bring us together for his purpose. Clap your hands. I feel like preaching a little bit. Uh, you got to know the father's heart. You got to know the father's heart. I told you I can get through this. Read 30 verses in a few minutes. I'm doing good today. I'm about to break a record in Jesus' name. Somebody say, break it, pastor. Break it. <laughs> I feel like being a record breaker today. <laughs> they say, I like that. Hallelujah. And verse 18, which is my final verse. <laughs> it says, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I'm done. Knowing the father's heart. The father is trying to get us to unity. The father is trying to get us to unity. The father is trying to bring about wholeness in the body of Christ and in the world. And as much as possible, God wants every church of every creed of under every nation to rise up again to speak his voice. In a season like this, we need the church. The church can't go silent. The church can't sit back and allow the world to spill over. God needs the church to speak truth to power. We got to bring clarity. There's so much wickedness and devices and things of that nature that's happening in our world, even in our White House. And we pray. The Bible tells us to pray for all our leaders, for all those in authority. And we pray for our president, President Trump. We always pray for him. That's something we've commanded to do and we do it. But I'm telling you, we're dealing with a time where we never have seen so much scheme, underhandedness, wickedness, and foolishness. And if you can't see that, you're being blind and you're stuck in your political party. And if you can't see stuff and you're stuck in your political party, and if you can't see truth, no matter what party you end up voting in, because I, I don't know about y'all, but I just believe we have a broken system. Amen. I believe we just have a broken system. No matter who we end up voting for, we end up sometimes getting something we really don't care for. It's always a challenge for the Christian believer to vote anyway. Some people say, how you can we vote? How can you vote Democrat? And other people say, how you can we vote Republican? The truth of the matter, we got a God to glorify. We can't allow the agenda of the world to replace the agenda of God and the agenda of the kingdom. I want you to know the Father's heart today. No matter in a few months we'll be voting. Those of us who choose to vote should choose to vote. We vote in November. Major time in history to vote in, in this 2020. But I want you to make sure that you don't default God's purposes by just voting and think that takes care of everything. The church still is the church and the church got to do what God has called us to do. We got to rise and speak truth to power. We got to rise and understand that God is interested in unity. Come on, here is God who says, Judas betrayed me. And somebody was going to betray Jesus to put him on the cross because he had to die for the world. And somebody had to do it. Unfortunately, it was Judas and even though Jesus tried to redeem Judas and told them to go look after Judas, Judas was so overcome by guilt and condemnation, he couldn't shake off that he was used by the enemy. He was warned just like everybody else. And he couldn't believe that he got so overwhelmed with pennies, silver, money, that he betrayed his Savior. He couldn't believe that. I can't believe it. And it took his own life. But God said we must move on. And I want to speak that word of unity to us as a church. Like them before, I'm more focused than ever before. 
I do research, I read, I pray, I do all that good stuff. I, I try to be very aware of what's going on in the world when I preach. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, and let me say this today, and I didn't plan to say this, but I don't want y'all to get tricked. Truth gatherers, people of God, I don't want you to get tricked. There's a definition out there that's in error. It's more of a, a sociology and psychological type definition. It says this about concerning racism. It says that black people, American, African Americans don't have, they can't be racist because they don't have power. They're powerless. And they don't have the ability to be racist. It's a trick of the devil. I'm telling you, quit. There's nothing about your race that will prevent you from being racist just because of your race. Or because you're poor. You can be poor and still hate people. You can be poor and still. They said, well, systemically. Oh, come on now. African Americans are not where they were 200 years ago. There are African Americans who got wealth and power. And if they decide to hate somebody because of the color of their skin, they can do so. And they can affect change. And But that definition keeps African Americans weak and powerless. But it's a trick of the devil. That says African Americans don't have the ability to be racist. It's a trick of the devil. It's a trick of the devil. And, and, and there are many people repeating that, getting into arguments with other people, saying African Americans can't be racist. Are you silly? Are you silly? God told me a while back that the full cycle of racism is for the victim to become the perpetrator. The full cycle, the Holy Ghost gave me that wisdom. He said those who were once victims will spin around and in their day when they're lifted up, now they become perpetrators. Because that's really what happened with the, the heart of man. When they got an opportunity to dominate somebody else, they went and dominated some other people and brought them into slavery because they felt like they had power over people. And God, I'm telling you, African Americans, we still got to pray God our hearts. I'm more on assignment than world. World don't tell me what to do. I said the world don't tell me what to do. Never did. Once I accepted this gospel to preach the gospel, I understood that it would go across all boundaries. I've even preached this thing before that I'm glad that I'm an African American. But the truth of the matter is I didn't even choose the color of my skin. God in his divine wisdom and divine knowledge chose who I would be and where I would be. I didn't wake up one morning and decide I wanted to have this skin color. Be a part of the heritage of another people. And I'm not saying I would deny it. I love, I've learned to love who I am. Just like anybody else, no matter what race or culture you are, you should love who you are. So how dare that I let, let my race become higher than the one who chose me? We're not careful. We move into idolatry. That also led to racism. The people who believe they got a pure race, the devil is a lie. God created your race and he created this race and this race and this race. The devil been tricking humankind for years. And I'm warning us, even African Americans in this season, I'm warning you to guard your hearts. Why you fight and guard your hearts. While we're standing up for injustice, guard your hearts. Hayamasha, guard your hearts. That's been in my spirit for a few days. I didn't know, thank you, sir. I didn't know when I was going to bring it out, but it's time is now. Because you got to know the Father's heart in this. God claims for every man to be saved. And it's God's glory to see the beauty of different races and colors come together. That's God's beauty. Because don't you know, one great day, how many of y'all plan to go to heaven? How many of y'all plan to go to heaven? Don't you know it's going to be more than African Americans up there? It won't matter then. No, if it matters then, it matters now. It won't matter now. You think you're going to skip, treat people any kind of way, color, skin color, and then get to heaven tomorrow? It don't matter now. I made to heaven. No. You never will qualify for that place if you don't get it right here now. God ain't having no uprisings up in heaven. There ain't gonna be no protesting going on because something happened. It ain't happening. Don't you understand? I want you to get the Father's heart because sometimes we lose what God really wants when we're in warfare. And I know to watch what we've watched and seen on TV, to see a man put his knee in a man's neck. It brings great pain and it brings anger. Rightly so. And to see what's happening in our own city. Don't y'all let the devil trick you. I, I read up real well. I know that when they talk on black and black crime, what it means, it means people do crime that's closest to them. I know what that means. 
So black and white crime, they say it's a made up thing. It's not a made up thing, it's still a real thing. I said it's still a real thing. It's black on black crime, it's people, but, but don't it pains us? Ask the mother who lost her son to another black African-American. What's wrong with y'all? Pain is pain. And how we just look at one side of it. God is tired of it all. See, we choose what we tired of. So we allow them down the street to kill one another. But when something else happened that has a racial tone to it, we don't do that too. And I know, I'm well versed. You ain't ready for me today. I'm well versed. I'm well versed in this. I know we expect what we expect from our leaders and our law enforcement. I know they took an oath to protect and to preserve. I understand that. So the injustice seemed more egregious because a person in leadership violated their oaths. I got that. But we can't say black and black on crime happening in our neighborhood is fine. Something wrong with you if you just ignore the, the shooting that just happened just a few blocks from our church on California Street. Double, hum, double homicide this week. And something in you don't bother you. Come on. I know what it is as a pastor to know what I have to do it and show up. And I preached that message at William at Tyrese McKinney funeral. That we need more than justice. We need revival. We need more. I'm, matter of fact, I'm tired. I'm tired of the march for justice. Not that I'll quit it. Hear me clearly. Hear me clearly today. Not that I'll quit the march for justice, because I march too. But I need revival. See, marching for justice keeps saying we got more problems. I need revival. I need hearts of men to be changed. We need people to be delivered and set free. We can't forsake this gospel. Lift your hands. I feel the anointing today. We got to know the Father's heart. See, you got to get through the rhetoric of the world. You got to get through the rhetoric of intelligent people who don't know the gospel. Intelligent master's degree, doctor, doctoral degree people who know, who know stuff but don't know gospel. Their spirit hadn't been regenerated. Their spirit hadn't been delivered. But Peter stood up in the midst of the day and said, God still has a promise. And I want you to know the Father's heart today. That God's sick of it all. God is grieved. We need it. We need it, Lord. We need it now, Paul. We need. We need. We need. Come on, everybody watching, everybody worshiping. We need. We need an outpour. We need revival. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That go across cultural boundaries. That go across our race. We need, we need. We need an outpour of the Holy Spirit. We need. Come on, say it again. We need. We need it in our families. We need it on the block. You know what the block is. On the block. We need, we need. We need the Holy Spirit. We need. Keep singing it. We need an outpour. Send it, God. Send it, God. Hashanda, my soul. Send it, Holy Spirit. Come on, send it, Holy Spirit. Y'all keep worshiping. We need it, we need it. We need it. Oh, shut up. Come on, keep singing it for me. We need an outpour of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need, we need it. Till our minds are changed. Till our attitudes are changed. Till we love one another. We need it, we need it. Let the blood forgive and let the blood cover. Let the blood wash us and make us whole. Let the blood deliver us. We need the devil to be cast out. We need mental illness to be restored. We need, we need. Come on, everybody, just worship. Come on, everybody, worship. We need this.
serve the Lord in our communion. Come on, we want to serve the Lord in our communion time. Those who are just joining us for the first time, we've asked the Lord. The Lord has told us to take communion. Every time we come together while we're apart, we have not opened up our church to public worship. And although the leaders have met and we've come up with a draft plan, we're still putting some pieces together to so we can have safety and things to be good when we do come together but until that time while you're home worshiping or watching live on the screen God told us that we're going to take communion every Sunday and we're going to worship God so stay with us the next few minutes go grab some juice grab a Nabisco Ritz crackers whatever you have this is real deliverance come on Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Elder. Hallelujah. We're going to take this communion together. It also means let nothing separate us. Let nothing separate us from the one who joined us together. The one who joined us together is Christ. Let nothing separate us from the one who joined us together. The Bible says, ye who are far off have been made now by the blood of Jesus Christ. have been made now have come close through the blood of Jesus Christ so lift up that cracker that wafer break it it represents Jesus was broken for us on the cross eat ye all of it come on eat ye all of it I don't want y'all to get tired of what we do every Sunday in communion I don't want you to com com um, quit the disciples stayed together until the promise came I don't want y'all to quit and say oh are we doing communion again no never get tired of following the practices and the principles of God. God's going to keep us together until we can come together. We thank you for the body of the Lord bruised for our wholeness. I drink this juice. It represents the blood of the New Testament. Ah, nice and cold. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. That blood washes us. It represents the new wine of the New Testament. And Father, we thank you that we need you. Everybody hands lifted. We need, we need, we need, we need now more of the Holy Spirit. we are waiting they were waiting and we are waiting we've received the Holy Ghost but we need the revival we're waiting for an outpouring of your spirit in this day we're waiting for it 
We thank you for laws changing governmentally. We thank you for strongholds being pulled down through Confederate monuments being removed. We thank you that strongholds, that's changing atmospheres. We thank you for that. But God, you got to do something with our hearts. We can remove a monument, but 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 that doesn't change a heart. And laws don't legislate righteousness. We need the Holy Spirit to write the word of God on the tablets of our hearts. This is our message today on Father's Day, knowing the Father's heart. Father, we thank you for all those near and far who have joined to that joined together today to hear this word. Give us comfort, Lord, in this season. Comfort us by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Keep playing your blessing me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Comfort us, Lord. Strengthen us in this season. Help us. Help our city. Help Tallahassee. Help us. We've seen a rash of gun violence in here in Tallahassee, Florida. Help us are in pain over the loss of lives. Help us, Holy Spirit. Bring revival. Bring revival, Jesus. Bring revival, Lord. We need you so bad, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I thank you for the grace of God today. Thank you for everybody who's tuned in. We thank you that this is an exodus. We must know the Father's heart. Let your grace and presence be with us even as we meet at our next appointed time for prayer and word, which is on Wednesday. Oh, Father, help us this week as we close out what you told us to do with the prayer movement Monday through Saturday. Our last leg of the race. Give us strength to run this race because it's time for the church. Time to talk about the purpose of the church. Let your grace and presence be with us till we meet here again at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.